You're listening to Zap Night, a video game review podcast, with your host Danny and Kaylee. Hey guys, and welcome to Zap Night. I'm your host Danny. I'm your co-host Kaylee. Today we are talking about some of the Final Fantasy 15 DLC stuff, kind of a bonus episode. So. We just recently did a uh, Final Fantasy 15 marathon that we streamed on Twitch. 15 hours. 15 hours of 15. And I uploaded it to YouTube and found out that you can only upload 10 hours (laughs) to YouTube. So I'm in the middle of working on trying to get it converted and cut so that I can upload it to YouTube. But we'll see how that goes. But for now, it's on Twitch. So if anybody's interested in watching me play Final Fantasy 15 in... 14 hours hours and 20 (laughs) minutes (laughs) it's there but yeah that went really well i beat it from beginning to end without doing uh new game plus and yeah it went really well it's kind of crazy i had a lot of fun doing it but then we went through and played all the dlc DLC stuff so that's kind of what we're talking about now is just all the extra stuff that they've added and kind of what we've thought about it um Let's start with we'll we'll just get right into the the actual episodes, the DLC episodes. Um they had 3 of them come out in the past year yeah. that Final Fantasy 15's been out. Um in, in this order, they had episode Gladio, episode Prompto, and then episode Ignis. And I think we actually played them in that order, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, episode Gladio is basically the part in the game where he leaves the party to do something. In the game, they really do leave it as a uh, he just left to go do something, well, I'm, and then I'm he comes leaving. back and he has a big old scar on his face, and that's it. So, what what the DLC fills in is his uh, time with Core going to fight Gilgamesh and it's basically a hallway dungeon you just go in you have three like mini bosses or trials before you fight Gilgamesh and then you fight Gilgamesh and that's it there is a little bit of story in between with Kor who has also done this uh this trial before um and apparently everyone else who's gone in has died. So the only two people, at, by the end, the only two people who's actually finished this uh, trial has been Kor and Gladio. So that's really it. I mean, yeah, it was kind of boring. Was, this was my <laughs> least favorite of the three, for sure. I had to say, the first time I played it when it first came out, I didn't really like it very much. And the fighting was so different that I just didn't have any fun. But the second time through, I liked it a little bit more. At least the fighting I liked more. Um, But there were still a few spots where they had some cheap shots from some of the enemies where it was like one-hit kill. Yeah. um, Gilgamesh wasn't nearly as hard this time through as he was the first time I played it. Uh, it seems like we died like three, four times trying to beat Gilgamesh. Yeah. Where this time, beat it straight through, no problem. Now, Gladio is the only one you played before we had played all of these. Yeah, well, we played... I played Gladio, and we started playing Promptos, but we only got maybe halfway through Promptos. Yeah. So, uh, good segue. <laughs> well, let's let's talk a little bit more about Gladio. Did you have anything else? 
no. Oh, then you just oh, didn't really like right. it that much? Well, to be fair, it was mostly just fighting, and I'm more for the story on this one. Yeah, me too. I really didn't like Gladio a whole lot. It wasn't that I... I guess it's not that I didn't not like him. He just, like out him. of the four, I, I he was like, your yeah, least he favorite. he was just there. Yeah. And, I don't know, this this side quest, I liked Gilgamesh, I liked that part, but that really was... I just thought it was kind of stupid. I understood the story behind it, and I thought that it, it fit that slot really well, but it didn't really give you anything... It, it didn't add game. to the story right. at all. Like, it filled that that empty spot, and they gave you story it, behind it, but it didn't really... Like, skipping episode Gladio would have been perfectly fine. To me, it more felt like that it was just, well, we really need to do a thing for Prompto and Ignis, so let's just throw Gladio in there. That's kind of how... It, it was like it really wasn't needed. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't know Where if the that's other, really the other did, two, The other two felt more... Um, involved the story was more involved with the overall story but gladio is just it wasn't there and uh yeah easily skippable and yeah yeah i don't know although the pillars were my favorite (laughs) the pillars you pick up these pillars and and, you like break off these pillars when you're fighting and he hauls them around on his shoulder like they're super heavy but then when you go to whack an enemy with them it looks like you're throwing around just a big styrofoam block like a prop yeah but i honestly i loved that aspect of it i think the animation could have been a little bit better to make it seem a little more heavy but uh they did like huge damage to the enemies i thought it was cool having to use something other than your sword right so um let's move on to episode prompto yeah. Uh, so Lori played this one, right? Yeah, Lori. Lori played this one through. I played Gladio. Lori played um, Prompto, and you played Ignis. Yes. And Prompto's part was after he falls off the train towards the end of the game. Uh, when Noctis pushes him off the train, he's lost for a while, and then you find him again in uh, Gralia. And that's episode prompto is what happens to prompto during this time. Basically, you find out that prompto, and you find this out in the game too, but you find out that prompto is born in Niflheim. Plays well, more than that. It's, more than that, yeah. He's. Uh, it kind of reminded me of Seven a little bit. Well, and a little bit of Valkyrie profile, but the scientist is cloning himself. Yeah. And Prompto is... And, well, the, sci- the scientist is cloning himself, and he's turning these cloned babies into demons. Or MTs, or whatever, however you want to call them. Yeah, it's, it's kind of following Prompto's, you know, realization into this, and how he deals with it a little bit. You do get to have a little cameo with uh, RNA. RNA, yeah. Which I loved her outfit. Her outfit one. was I loved awesome. Her so much more well, I, because this. the other outfit she's wearing like a skanky dress. Yeah, and yeah. even her hair though, it's, I just liked her overall character design. I just well, I, I liked her a lot more. After and this. Prompto too, he's wearing like yeah, a, a heavier coat cool. and you know just like a snow gear. Which, by the way, where the heck did he get it? 
Right, he, he falls, falls off, off the, the train, train, and then, ta-da, he has snow gear Although on. Although, with that logic, they can change their outfits all the time, but you don't see them, unless they're carrying it in their car. You don't really see them pull it out. Same with the uh, the tent gear, too. Yeah. Where, do they, where does Gladio keep all the tents that he just carries it all around with him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in any case, Prompto deals with it. He fights a couple really cool boss fights. Towards the end, there's like the big monkey guy, and that I I think that, that was design awesome, was super yeah. cool. The the, f- the fighting style was a little bit different. Oh, uh, anyway, talking about the demons at the end, the the monkey guy was really cool, and the final boss with the um, you got to use equipment, sort of. Well, you got you to mean? use um, a, it wasn't a bike; it was a. Oh, the snowmobile. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You got to use the snowmobile, and that was really cool. And the snowmobile, at the very end, had a, a machine gun attached to it, yeah. and you had to fight, like, this huge snake. Arm thingy. Yeah. That <laughs> was weird. It, it was, was cool, It was though. like a, a final boss for the episode prompto. It was a huge hunk of machinery. It was pretty cool, though. It I was cool. The... It was kind of... It was not as neat as the monkey. Oh, yeah, for sure. But uh, it, was, it was pretty cool. It... They were trying to go for like this big epic fight, and I don't think it was quite there. Yeah. It didn't really seem all that challenging, was it? Was it all that challenging? No. Um, it it really didn't seem like it because you practically had like a bullseye that you were shooting yeah. at. So I mean, I it wasn't that, all that it on, hard. What did we play it on? Easy or normal? Oh, uh, I think we played it on easy, so maybe that's why. I mean, we were trying to fly through them. So. Yeah, just to get get the storyline really. Um. But the fighting style is a little bit different with Prompto, where you have your basic gun that you have infinite ammo for, but then you can pick up uh, different guns along the way. You get like uh, um, some sort of uh, semi-automatic, yeah, and then you get a bazooka, bazooka, and you can get a sniper, and oh yeah, grenades. Is that all? Um, so, you know, it was a little bit different straying from the basic, you know... It didn't seem too... I I suck at shooter games, and it didn't seem like it was that too difficult. It's not all that difficult, but the first time we played, there was a huge learning curve to it. Oh, yeah. And it makes it a little bit more challenging, but once you get the hang of it, it's not too bad. Kind of like Gladios, really. Yeah. Um, but... I don't know, story-wise, it was alright. The biggest problem that I had with the story was, like, you know how in the game you find Prompto in Gralia, like, tied up? Yeah. You don't see what happens. Like, you fight the big machine thing, and then that's, like, the end of the game. <laughs> yeah, you were pretty upset. At the, when the credits started rolling, it was, that's it? Yeah. No, that's not, that can't be it. Like, what happens to Prompto... It, after you fight the big machine he's thing, and then tied up. It's just it's weird because he's all like, he looks like he's been beaten. Yeah. In when you find him in Gralia, and you don't see any of that. It's like you fight the boss thing and you're done. That's it. <laughs> You've won. Yeah. You know, but it's it's so not. I want to know what happened there. So I was a little disappointed uh, story wise with that. But otherwise, overall, it was really pretty cool. Again, that monkey boss fight was just so awesome. You know, back to the story for like a quick second. When he's pushed off of the train, 
he really doesn't talk about it a whole lot. He just assumes this whole that they know about him or something, which it just doesn't it didn't really seem like it connected very well. I thought it was okay. Like when he first when he first wakes up inside that facility, he's kind of questioning whether or not the other guys still like him and trying to figure out what the heck happened. Like it's- I think he assumed that Arnin was involved in some way, but he didn't really know. But then once you meet up with Aranea, Aranea confirms that Noctis has been looking for Prompto right. and sent Aranea to find him. It's just, I don't, for one thing, when that when that was happening, with when you're playing the actual game game, I, I caught on pretty quickly. And I understand if Noctis didn't catch on, but like your other characters got to figure out that he, there's something wrong. So he had to have known that something was wrong with Noctis. But even if he didn't, clearly that, that's too crazy. You would think there's something wrong with Noctis. There's, you know, and just to, they don't like me anymore. They just pushed me off a train. I mean, he was attacking everyone. It wasn't right, just yeah. Prompto. Yeah. I don't know. It just didn't seem like it. I was expecting when when I when we booted this up, I was expecting something along the lines of, "Oh my gosh, what just happened? Did he free, is did he finally snap or is he mad at ever because wasn't he upset at that point in time, Noctis?" Yeah. Yeah, he was he was really not happy with himself, especially right. because right after he pushes Prompto off the train, he finds out that Ardenin was involved. Right. Because he thought it was Ardenin. And then, you know, he's like beating himself up until, you know, they finally get to Gralia and, you know. Right. I think Ardenin confirms that Prompto is there. So Noctis has, has this drive to go there to find Prompto. As yeah. promptly as possible. <laughs> We're going to make a lot of prompt jokes about this, <laughs> aren't we? Um, I don't know. Any, anything else you want to talk about Not about really. Prompto? I, I liked this one. Probably my second favorite. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. It was better than Gladio, but not quite as awesome as Ignis. Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about Ig- the episode Ignis. this episode. I got to play. You did, it. yeah. And the battle style, you played a tiny bit near A little the bit, end. yeah. I really liked it. It really didn't take, I mean, once you figured it out, it was like, okay, we can do this. And I, yeah, it was, it was really cool. I was expecting having to fight with my mage, it being something hard. It was not at all. It was yeah, it was fun. very much like playing as Noctis. Yeah, it really, really was. Um... So, episode Ignis falls in, in the, the grand storyline um, when Noctis fights uh, Leviathan. In between the Leviathan fight and Noctis waking back up again after everything happens, right. uh, that's where episode Ignis falls in. So, episode Ignis really is maybe only like... In in the like game time, it's probably only like three hours. Yeah, of it's there's not much the game, uh, but it, a lot happens in that short amount of time. What did you? I might be jumping a little farther ahead here for a minute, but what did you think about the end, the second ending? Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. <laughs> let's let's talk about the main the main episode in this story. Uh, basically, Ignis gets separated from Prompto and Gladio and goes off to help Noctis. Uh, he's trying to reach. He's trying to reach the altar where... He is. You can see a right. lot of lights. Right. And he 
for some reason you have to reclaim territory. I think that's just kind of an extra to help buffer make it longer if you will. Make it longer to give you more of a incentive to play more of it. What is it? Like three chapters long? Something like that. So in between each chapter there you get like a score. Yeah. And I think that that has to do with the scoring for chapter one. That was tough. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of <laughs> stupid. And it was super long. I don't know. It. I really liked fighting with him, so it gave me more of an excuse. At least they sure. made the battle, you know, his... It's a lot more fun, fun than yeah. the other ones. <laughs> yeah, I would have much rather have done this with Ignis than Prompt or Gladio. Yeah, sure. You do get, like, a grappling hook thing. Yeah, that, that was... you can that climb on fun, top actually. of the buildings. It looked a lot like Assassin's Creed. Yeah. <laughs> but... It seemed like the fights were way too long than they needed to be. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You fight with three different, like, magic daggers. You fight with a, an ice one where the daggers are literally ice. You fight with a fire fire daggers, which just does, like, fire damage. And then you fight with the lightning one, the lightning daggers. Yeah. And the lightning daggers, you, you like, like zip all- teleport yeah. almost. It's really cool. That Dude. That makes it... Way more fun. You go from one enemy, and then you go j- jump to the next, and you jump to the next, and jump to the next. Just by hitting, like, the same kind of attack button. Yeah. But what makes it fun is that you can, like, attack one enemy with the other daggers, and then you switch to your lightning daggers, and, and you'll, like, zip- teleport yep. to the different enemies. And it just, it changes the battle speed. Like, it Definitely. moves the battle, it, it, more- it feels more fluid yeah. than it the others did. More like the way you play with Noctis, because you can do that warp strike yeah. thing to kind of make it a little more fluid than having to run to your enemies clear across the battlefield. <laughs> so story-wise, uh, again, you're Ignis, you're trying to get to Noctis, and there's a lot of obstacles in the way. The biggest obstacle being the the Empire's there, and they're also trying to get to Noctis. Along the way, you run into Ravis, who is... Kind of turning sides. Yeah. And I think the problem really is that the Empire is against keeping uh, Lunafreya alive. And Ravis, obviously being his sister, or her (laughs) sister... Obviously, Luna Freya being Ravis's sister. Correct. <laughs> he wants to keep her alive. So he, yeah, he kind of teams up with uh, Ignis for a while and really just helping each other get to Luna and Noctis. So once they finally do make it there, uh, Ravis kind of turns on Ignis a little bit because... Ignis it obviously wants to keep the king alive. Right. But Ravis doesn't care for any of that. He really just wants to help Luna. And with Luna pretty much already being dead, he turns more on the Empire again. So it's like, I don't know, he... Well, during this time, he's with the Empire, and you see him talking with them, and then he kills, what, what was the, a general or... Yeah, I don't know. There was a general guy involved. He ends up killing him, though. And, yeah. you know, he's working with them, obviously. So he is kind of turning. And this is, like, just before you, he joins up with Ignis. Right. Well, at one point, Ignis fights Ravis. Yeah. And 
I think it's just because I think Luna's pretty much on the verge of dying if she isn't already dead. And Ravis is so infuriated that he wants to kill Noctis, but Ignis is in the way. So they fight. And after Ignis wins, Ardenin comes in and... He's disguised as Gladio. He is, yeah, for a moment. Which, I love that transition, by the way. Did I you? don't think it was really well done. I don't think it, it was as precisely done as it could have been, but I did like it, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Ardenin is basically just kind of antagonizing, you know, everyone again. You know, just kind of poking at him a little right. bit. Ignis is trying to attack Ardenin, and Ardenin gives him the option to join him. And this is kind of where you can split. You have an option to split off from the main story. When you've played it the first time through, you don't really get an option. You only right. get one option Which as to... Which is funny that they give you the option. Well, I think it's because they want you to see the actual canon version. Sure. Like the official way that the storyline is supposed to go before you go and deviate from the actual storyline. Right. So Ignis puts on the ring... And the ring singes his eyes, but while he has the the power of the ring, he fights Ardenin. Obviously, Ardenin can't die, but Ardenin leaves, and then, you know, he's rescued Noctis, and he's permanently scarred with his eyes. (laughs) Which is kind of sad. He risks his eyes, and he's still... What a waste. (laughs) I know. Yeah, I know. Although I loved... As, as weird as this is going to come out, I loved watching his eyes <laughs> kind of cinch because they, they Just they the effect great. is really yeah, cool. Yeah, it was really cool. It, but it did remind me of how it was in Kingsglaive when uh, when Nyx is using the ring. And Nyx used it for a long time. And you can use this for a decent long time. It just depends on what right. kind of deal they make with the kings. Yeah. <laughs> Which apparently, in the ring. for him, it was his eyes. So I guess, yeah. I, I think that's a fair... I wish that they would have had that, like in Kingsglaive, where they have that judgment, judgment, and they don't have that in this, and I was kind of upset about that. They didn't have that moment of, you know, time stops, and you have to make this decision, you know, but in any case, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for the main story. But then you can go back and play the the second part of the, you know the other option, <clears throat> which leads to a different ending to the game as a whole. Which is so crazy. I was not expecting that <laughs> at all. I, I heard like, it kept progressing, and I'm like, "What are we just gonna end?" And then the game ended. <laughs> yeah, I had heard about another ending to it, but I didn't really know what it entailed until we did it. Um, basically. The second half is in where where you get the option to put on the ring. You get an option to play along with Ardenin. And in doing so, Ignis gets sent to Gralia, where he puts on the ring and has to fight Ardenin right there. So because Ignis uses the ring, he still has to sacrifice something to be able to use it. So you're given this option to do, like, risk your life, or sacrifice yourself, or give Give up. up. It it didn't really seem like any of the options were wrong, necessarily. Just, I don't know if maybe the endings would have been a little bit different. I don't really know. Uh, But basically, if you risked your life, you were given an extension to your ring power, and you kept fighting Ardenin. 
and his health bar did eventually whittle down to nothing. Or if you sacrifice yourself, you're given the ring's power kind of indefinitely. Yeah. Then you fight Arden. Or I don't know what would happen if you gave up. I don't think I ever had to give up, did I? I no, I don't. Oh think no, so. I did have to give up at the very after because I did risk risk my life like three times, and that gave me like two ring extensions where I was able to fight Arden into like I think I got him down to like a fourth of his health. But then the ring gave up, and then after after the power ended with that sequence, I had to do a sacrifice myself. I was given, like, one more ring extension, which was only, like, five minutes. Not even. I had to sacrifice myself. You went into, like, no, no. mode. No, then I had to give up, and then it was just, like, oh, it ended. And that's when uh, Noctis comes in. <clears throat> so... After Arden falls, I think you do have to sacrifice yourself. Oh, yeah, and he does go into, like, beast mode, doesn't yeah. he? And you get, like, ten times the... The power. The power. Yeah, ten You're times your strength some, or something. You a lot of nines there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I did eventually kill him. And then Noctis shows up right before Ignis, like, dies from the ring. And he uses the crystal's power to bring Ignis back to full health, I guess you could say, <laughs> <clears throat> without having to sacrifice his sight or anything. He must have had a phoenix down. I, the, a, a crystal phoenix down is more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> it, it could bring Aerith back to life. Oh my gosh. With Arden and gone, they still have to find a way to end the scourge. And apparently, I had, we had to actually look this up because we had no idea what exactly happened. But they do, Ignis does research around the world where he gets all of the, like, quest people together. The, all the, like, side quest people. And they do research to figure out how to end the Scourge without Noctis sacrificing himself. One last side quest. Yeah, I guess. One that we didn't have to do, (laughs) thankfully. Because of this, Ignis is able to save Noctis. He saves Ravis, because Ravis otherwise would have died in the the original version. And um, he saves his eyesight as well. (laughs) So... In my opinion, I kind of prefer this ending yeah. because, you know, Everybody hey, Noctis Ravis. lives. Noctis, Ravis, <clears throat> right, one yeah. but Luna Freya. Yeah, I know. Why can't the crystal bring Luna Freya back? What the heck? <laughs> Only one person. <laughs> so, I don't know. It was kind of an interesting twist to the main storyline. You do get this, like, premonition halfway through Ignis's playthrough where he gets the full premonition of... All of the events leading up to... The end of the original game. Right, the original game. So uh, one of the theories is that this other um, path is Ignis fighting against the... The premonition. The premonition, the the fate, (laughs) you know. So, you know, it's... it's just it makes sense. It's just kind of a fun, this could have happened, you know, and... Just an alternate timeline yeah exactly and final fantasy likes to do that so i don't know it was a lot of fun i really i felt like this one got a lot deeper than the other ones it really did get a lot deeper and it seemed ignis was a lot more fun to play i really felt like 
with his eyesight and stuff. I I don't know. It just it's the sadness and all that stuff. It seemed so much more real than Prompto's. Like Prompto's just he seemed just which I mean I understand why he was sulky and sad and stuff, but it just and maybe it's because they show how him and Noctis are close and you know that bond that they have, but I just it just seemed more real than Prompto's did. You know, you say the bond thing with with Ignis and um, Noctis. They did have a lot of little cutscenes in there where King Regis is introducing Ignis to Noctis. Yes. So you know, just these little clips of things that you don't otherwise really see it was kind of fun to see. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It just it was it was a lot better than the other ones. I think the other ones could have been cut out, cut out, yeah, entirely without well, much of a difference. I don't know about promptos, promptos. I guess it could have. I mean, obviously, I kind of off a train. But. I, obviously, I want to have answers to the holes in the storyline. Yeah, but I think Ignis's was the only one that really impacted the story for me. Where the other two didn't really impact the story a whole lot. Something also now, now that I'm thinking about it. Promptos, you get information on the diamond weapon too, which is yeah, super you were awesome. Really excited about that. I, I just any references to Final <laughs> Fantasy VII is so cool. The demon wall. Oh yeah, the demon wall that you have to fight. Yeah, that's kind of neat. But yeah, I guess uh, the one of the other things that we did along with the episodes was the alternate path in Chapter Thirteen. So in Chapter Thirteen of the main game. Ignis and Gladio separates from Noctis, and normally when you first play it through, you have to do the Noctis route, where now you have the choice to do Noctis route, which is the original game, or the Gladio and Ignis route, which really isn't... It doesn't impact the story a whole lot, other just than it's easier. Yeah, just a It's a quicker path. Arnon gives Ignis and Gladio their magic, or their weapons, weapons so they can fight through the dungeon, but the dungeon is significantly shorter. Well, Noctis has already gone through and done everything. Yeah, everything's pretty much already unlocked, so all you do is just kind of run through the, the dungeon, and that's it. You have a few enemies that you got to fight. There's, like, one boss fight, the, um... the, oh, the Emperor? Em- the Emperor, yeah, where you, you got to fight that demon guy. <laughs> but, I mean, he's not really all that hard. And they have this weird moment where the, the, Emperor's, the Emperor's face is on the demon guy, and it just looks really weird. <laughs> it <looked> ridiculous. <laughs> it was just like to make sure they, you knew. <laughs> yeah, they threw that on there just so that you were like, "Oh, that's who that is," you know. So I don't know. It really didn't impact the story a whole lot. I think it was just to please those people who hated Chapter Thirteen <laughs> to give them a quicker option to get through that part. When I played the fifteen hours of fifteen, I actually went the Noctis route because I wanted to play the way that I played the first time through. Right. And it really didn't. I don't know. It's it's not that long. It it sucks. There are some spots that suck, but the ring now is so much stronger with some of these updates. They've changed the ring power, where most of the enemies you can kill in like five seconds. Oh wow! And so it just it makes the game a lot easier in that section I, anyway. So it, well, yeah. I guess with the ring, the ring helps. Me personally, I hate jump scares, and that was kind of jump scary. I was playing it at night. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. Too, and the first so. time that I played it through. 
I had my heart racing and I'm on the edge of my seat and some of those jumps, ah! the, the jump scares got me. This, this last time through, I flew through it so yeah. fast. I knew the jump scares were there, so it didn't even bother me. And in my head, it's, it was more of a, I need to hurry up more than it was, uh, what's going on? Yeah. What's going to happen? You know? <laughs> So I guess, you know, playing it again, it kind of spoils it knowing that the jump scares yeah. are there. So it wasn't too bad. So along with the DLC for the episodes, we got the multiplayer comrades. The biggest story-wise, the biggest addition in comrades is the ending where your character goes to the island where Noctis is at, and they fight Bahamut. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Kind of fighting Bahamut on behalf of all of humanity, (laughs) with all of the other um, summons or the gods that are there. So you're in the audience of, you know... Roma and Shiva and Titan and Leviathan fighting Bahamut. And it just makes for this epic, you know, battle at the end of the storyline for comrades. After you fight Bahamut and you defeat him, he allows Noctis to wake up, saying that humanity is, you know, worthy of the king to return sort of thing. And so... They have kind of a, a little bit of a cutscene of Noctis coming back. And um, because your character took the boat into this island, Noctis greets your character and... Um, what's the other guy's name? Libertus. Libertus. Uh, able to greet Libertus and your characters and everybody and say, Oh, thanks for doing all this for me. And then gets on the boat and goes on to uh, meet in Hammerhead. Now, it's kind of neat that they have this, like, small... It's such a small little cutscene, but it makes... Everything makes so much more sense. Like, in the main game, Noctis wakes up in this cave, walks out, and is on the boat. Like, Ooh, there's there's no... There's just a boat Like, there. where did the boat come from, you know? You know, I just assumed they were like, well, he'll just return from here, so we'll put the boat here. Yeah, go. that's, that's kind of what I thought, too. Like, it didn't make any sense, but, you know, it's kind of nice having that little bit of information, like, oh, that's why, that's how. Yeah. You know, not that it's necessarily canon, but it's just kind of neat to have a little bit of a gap a filled. explanation there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the... The Comrades thing as a whole, it plays similar to the main game. You basically create your own character, and you can kind of fight with whatever weapons that you want. But your goal is to relight all of the country. So you're going from city to city trying to bring electricity back to those areas. And that's really the whole goal and I think there's small storyline segments in there, but nothing major. I think the majority of it is that end cutscene. So, have you played any of the carnivals, Kaylee? The only one I played was the Moogle Chocobo Carnival. That one's fun. I loved the baby chocobos. <laughs> Where you gotta find yes. all the baby chocobos? It warmed my heart. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fun... For like a little while, and yeah, then it was, it was like, "All right, I'm done." <laughs> we only played like uh, probably an hour, maybe. You get a couple extra things, like you get some outfit, outfit stuff. Um, you get a recipe. 
And because yeah. and because Ignis isn't there, it's just it's... Noctis and Carbuncle. <laughs> um, Noctis does the whole "I've come up with a new recipe" and thing. He says it kind of like it. it was he very, tries to it say it really like cute. Ignis. Like it's that. really funny. <laughs> Um, he does do it again with the uh, Assassin's Creed Carnival, too. Oh, so if he? you feel like you want to play it through, <laughs> just for that reason, it's worth it. But yeah, I mean, really, it's they've done up Altitia to be all Moogle, Chocobo-themed, and it's really cute. They have a bunch of, like... They have a photograph contest thing where you got to go around and take pictures of all the little certain items around town so you gotta find like the cat you gotta find like 10 moogles yeah like like stuffed moogle bears. yeah moogle figures bears. or whatever and then they have the chocobo racing which is kind of fun i i enjoy doing the chocobo racing i think you do get some sort of medallion or something at the end of beating the final race if you beat it first place or whatever or within a certain amount of time you get a medallion or something that you get to save onto your main game I mean, I don't really know what it does, but it's more of just a, haha, I did this. <laughs> uh, but it, they weren't really all that hard. Uh, repetitive, you know, really you yeah. just keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. And you eventually learn all the little things that you got to do to make the race go like faster. They, they didn't stay. Yeah, the Moogle one doesn't stay very long, but they did bring it back. Like they had it when, when it first came out, they had it for like a month or two. And then it, it disappeared for a little while, and then they brought it back for another month or two, and right now they have the Assassin's Creed one. So, yeah, they didn't have it very long, but it was still fun. Yeah. And you could use Carbuncle to teleport throughout the city. Carbuncle just kind of chit-chats with you as you're running around. I love so Carbuncle. It's kind of fun. So cute. Did you do the thing yeah. where you can name rename him? Oh, no. Oh, you didn't? If you played the, the, the Platinum yeah. demo... Then you got to name Carbuncle, and we named Carbuncle Canyon. Oh, oh you know. <laughs> so Canyon was running I around think with we me. We played it together. Yeah, we did. And that, yes, yeah. I recall now. So the Assassin's Creed Carnival is very similar. It's all Assassin's Creed themed. And it's kind of neat that these video game characters are going to a festival for the video game. Yes. So they are actually excited because they like the video game. Yes. So it's weird. It's this weird, like, inception thing going on. Well, it's no different than seeing Coleman, uh... No, no. It's it's totally different because my video... I'm playing a video game and my characters in my video game are are playing playing a video game. (laughs) It's It's kind of weird to me. It's a weird thought, but it's neat to see them all pumped for this uh, festival. And the festival takes place in Lestalm. And Lestalm is all done up just like, you know, Assassin's Creed flags and just like, you know, a festival would be. And your characters get uh, specialty outfits for the Assassin's Creed festival. And Noctis gets like a full Assassin's Creed outfit where the rest of them just kind of get like these weird like togas (laughs) yeah they don't look very good uh but what's cool is you can actually do like parkour stuff so you can like climb to the top of the buildings and run along the building tops but it it is really cool that you get to do some of these you know parkour type things they do have a big tower where you can do the 
leap of faith. You know, they have the whole eagle thing, and he does the. <laughs> he he does it exactly like they That's do it in Assassin's awesome. Creed. It's that part is pretty cool. But otherwise, they have a small storyline where you gotta like hide from enemies and you gotta kill like MTs and stuff. And I think they're there for the festival, but the Empire is looking for them at the festival. Yes. So you're hiding from the MTs that are scattered around town. And you're doing stealth kills and sure. stuff like that, which I had the worst when I played it through. I had the worst time with the stealth kills. I'm I always, could not do it. I'm bad with anything stealth. It was like it wasn't working for me. And Lori kept laughing at me because I was having such a problem, and she didn't have any problem. But I swear <laughs> it just wasn't working right. But yeah, I don't know. Overall, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it sucks that it costs, but I do like a lot of this DLC. Yeah, I think the DLC was like $30 or something like that. And you got um, all three episodes, Comrades, which alone is 25 bucks, which I can't imagine somebody paying $25 for it, but maybe. Plus, there's a handful of like downloadable like weapons and sure. outfits and just random stuff that you get. I did get this cool accessory in the main game. Where you can stock up all of your experience points and then use them when you want to use them. It's the only reason why I was able to beat Final Fantasy XV in under 15 hours. Because <laughs> I was able to strategically use my experience points at places like Golden Keys where you get double the experience when you sleep there as opposed to in your tent. So, I mean, that, that was kind of neat. Again, not... That item alone isn't worth the money for, you know, all the DLC right. pack. But with everything, it's kind of nice. If you really like Final Fantasy XV, I think the DLC is a nice addition to it. You get a lot of storyline stuff. You get a lot of, like, extra goodies. But overall, I mean, if you if you thought the game was just okay, you probably don't really need to do the you DLC. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really all you need. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this little bonus episode of uh, Zap Night. Um, you can check us out at zapnight.com where we have pretty much everything that we got going on. And uh, we'll see you guys in another couple weeks. 